Thank you. Glory to God. Amen. Let's get some light on the situation. Glory to God. I want to know your heart. Basically, okay, okay, okay. Yes, I understand. When you're in worship and praise, praise means I'm thanking God for what it is he's done. Like you woke up this morning, Lord, I thank you for waking me up this morning. Sometimes kids says, thank you, Lord, that mama heard you and got me those special shoes that I've been looking for. Thank you, Lord, for traveling mercy. Thank you, Father, for having good grades, all kinds of things that you're thanking God for. But worship means, Father, I just want, I want to tell you who you are to me. You are my healer. You are my deliverer. You are my helper. You are my protection. Do y'all see the difference between the two? And sometimes people cross them over, but man, I might thank God for the fact that he delivered me, but I'm worshiping him because he's my deliverer. He delivers me. He protects me. He upholds me. He nourishes me. He comforts me. Anybody ever just need God to give you a big old hug in a minute? Okay, I'm going okay, to test that theory right now. Okay, say, Father, say right, say with me, Father, Father give me a hug right now. Now, act like you're going to get it. Go ahead. Get it. Go and get in there. Get some out. Get some out. And see, what happens is, is when you say, Father, give me a hug, and you act like you, like in expectation, I'll give you a prime example. If I swing my hand, when June and I are walking together, if I swing my hand, and my hand accidentally bumps Juan, Juan automatically assumes, oh, that's the sign, he wants to hold my hand. Now, I clearly know it was an accident, but her, oh, that's a sign right there. And what does she do? She grabs my hand, and she holds my hand, Doug, and she won't let it go. And I'm like, baby, I need you to let my hand go. So she lets my hand go long enough, because this hand don't fell asleep, and then she grabs the other hand. So glory to God. So the same thing with God, the same thing with God. God's saying is like, hey, the more, see, this is good. He says that you are as close to me as you want to be. He says, because if you want to be closer to me, all you got to do is just lean in just a little bit more. Just lean in a little bit more. Get up just a little bit earlier. Cut that cartoon off. Cut that soap opera off. Put that video game down. Lord, I'm ready today, boy. Just, and I'm here to tell you, God is always talking. Always. Like my man back there. He was the only one out of all y'all who got the memo. Cammies today. He was Cammies like he was coming to battle. He's coming to war. See, out of all the people, but this is the thing. God is so awesome that he will hear the prayers of a little child and do miraculous miracles because child has childlike faith. He hasn't, he or she hasn't grown up to know that, you know, you, you got to know all this stuff first before you pray. They just like, Lord, bless my mama with some money so we can go to, you know, before COVID, Canada Wonderland, Lord. Let her, let, let her get it right there, Lord. She got it. Yeah. 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 That's it. She got it. And then she's like, you know what? I think I want to take y'all to Canada Wonderland. And you'd be like, Lord, you are, you the man. So it's that simple. Don't be deep. Don't be deep. God said this, if somebody go, is trying to be super deep, you already know that's not for me. Because his is so simple. A child can get it. So simple.
That's why he said, he told me a year and a half ago, the simplicity of my word brings forth miracles. Not being deep. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. So welcome, welcome, welcome. First of all, welcome to welcome you all to all. I'm from the South in, in the States, so we say you all. And uh, we want to welcome you to Ignite Depot, where our, our whole purpose is to ignite life and purpose within our generation. Uh, the reason why we wear cameras is because the word depot means training center. So every time you come in on a Sunday morning, expect to be trained on what, how to live this out in your everyday life. See, I'll tell people, you're not going to remember every single thing I'm going to say. So you want to bring a pencil, a, a pen for you old school, for you new school, iPads. Uh, if you haven't got heard from the Lord yet, you still got a droid. Uh, and, you know, whatever it is you need to take notes because what we give you is a snapshot. This is, this is, we point you in a direction based off what the spirit of the Lord says. And then what you do is you go home and you put together, you get before God to find out a plan on how do I apply this to my everyday life? See, most, most people, most people in the world are not impressed with the church because when the church hears the word on Sunday, it stops there. They don't, they don't take it out until Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. Thursday. I want to see you about Thursday afternoon, about, about seven o'clock when you're, when your spouse or your partner or your child has got on your last good nerve and see if you still remember everything that you heard today. I guarantee you by the time Wednesday comes, you have, you have already, unless you have put together a plan, you have forgotten 70% of what it is that I say. So even me, when I get, I might get this a week, a month or whatever, even me, I have to go back and Okay, Lord, how do I apply this to my life? But today, it's going to be good. It's, I always say that. I say that to Juan. Juan's like, when do you think it's not good? I'm like, well, it's always good to me. Sometimes it's just gooder than the other gooders. But it's always good to me. So praise the Lord. So without further ado, we're going to jump right in. Y'all bring your swimming trunks this morning. We're going to dive right into the deep end. Anybody, everybody know how to swim here? If you don't, we're about to dive in. To, to, the, to the deep end, and, and <clears throat> yes, sir, yes. See, when I first started doing ministry and everything, I was talking to Joan about this other day. Man, I could, I was, I was hilariously funny. And I wasn't always trying to be funny, but it always just came out funny and everything. And then God started having me to shift out of that because people will remember my jokes and stuff more so than they would remember what was, the, what was the point of what it is God wanted to get across to you today? So he had me to shift. So, so you'll hear uh, something in there every now and then. I mean, it's not like the frozen chosen. I've been to places before and it's just like waiting on paint to dry. Just, oh, please stop it. Please, you're, you're punishing me. And I usually, I know who my, what my, uh, my timer is and it's not the clock. I know. Who is my timer today? I'm not going to tell y'all because y'all going to be looking. But I know who my timer is. Y'all going to be like, who is it? It ain't you. So <laughs> I know who my timer is. So 
And why do you have to know that? It's because like a child. And all you mothers know, when you used to feed your baby, little Becky, little Bobby, little Susie, and you used to give them that bottle, right? And there came a point where you couldn't put any more into Bobby and Susie. And you hadn't learned that yet because you're a first-time parent. And you put too much in Bobby and Susie. And guess what happened? <laughs> they, threw, they threw up everything that you put in them. And they only had a little bitty left. So what did you have to do? You had to go back and put all that stuff back in. It's the same way when it comes to the word. People have a gauge where you can see in their eyes when they got, when they got to that full gauge. And that's when you stop because they about to throw everything else up that they won't remember anything you said. In Jesus' name. Yes, sir. Okay, here we go. I make this declaration, we're gonna pray and then we're gonna jump right in to the deep end. Father, I make this declaration as, as you have instructed me to, that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. To preach good tidings unto the meek, he sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captain and open of the prison to them who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn. Whew. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, <laughs> the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise, for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. That he might be glorified. And they shall build up the old waste, and they shall repair the former desolations, and they shall repair the former waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Father, to you alone, we give glory, honor, and praise, and thank you for this opportunity in your word. Father, I thank you that I preach and I teach you that would not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of spirit and power. Father, we thank you, we honor you, we praise you. I pray, I've already asked it for you to give the people ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts that are open to receive the engrafted word of God that will ultimately change their lives forever. Father, may you be glorified, honored, and praised in it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Before we go on, we got to stop. We got to pray for you. So Doug and, and Jerry, I want you to go over to Tim and we're going to pray for him. So I'm going to, you, I'm, you guys are that point of contact. Tim's going to release his faith and we're going to declare that by Jesus stripes, he's healed from the crown of his head to the very soles of his feet. See, when he got born again, just like the woman who had the, who was uh, bowed over for the 18 years, the spirit of infirmity has no right in his body, just like it doesn't have any right in your body. And we refuse to give it place. So Father, right down in the name of Jesus, we give you glory, honor, and praise as we pray for Hishtadaba. We pray for Tim this morning in the name of Jesus. We declare, Father God, that by Jesus' stripes, he's healed from the crown of his head to the very, yep, 
every sickness and every disease. We speak to you now and tell you to get your hands off of his body right now in the name of Jesus. We call him healed from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet. Now body get in line with that word now in Jesus name. Now they are the point of contact and we're expecting manifestation and a performance of that word. Father, you said in your word, we shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We call him healed. We call him free of pain. We we call him delivered and he will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. We call it done right now in Jesus name. Amen. Now he just receives it. And I know he gonna, we're going to have to talk in the parking lot after this. We're going to talk in the parking lot after this. I'm going to tell you why. When the spirit of the Lord says, I need you to do this. It doesn't matter what your program is. You stop, you pray, you stop, you do, you stop, you do, you stop, you do. And why? Because God gets his expression in the earth through people. You said, prove it. I'm going to prove it to you today in scripture. God gets his expression in the earth through you and I. Now, God gave me this word earlier during this week, and he says, he says this, Tim, he says, many people expect instant, it's supposed to happen in an instant, but God says sometimes it's instant and sometimes it's progressive. And every day from this day forward, what you do, every single day you wake up, Father, I thank you that by Jesus stripes, I'm healed. I take my healing in Jesus' name. And guess what? When you start feeling pain, don't be like, oh, it must not have gone nowhere. Nope, nope, nope. Father, I thank you that by Jesus stripes, I am healed. Now, body, you take this healing. And when God says, okay, I've already healed you, I need you to make this adjustment. I need you to to add this to your diet or I need you to take this out of your daily routine because guess what? God works with you to bring about the manifestation. I I don't know what he's going to tell you. All I know he said is it's progressive. Just like the lepers, the 10 lepers he laid hands on. Jesus said, go and show yourself to the priest. It didn't manifest right away. But as they began to walk, and do what he told him to do. Guess what happened? They was totally healed. But only one of them turned around and, and praised him and thanked him. So Natasha, your assignment is, is to help him through this process. Hey, by Jesus stripes, you're healed. I know, baby, that's what your body is saying. But the word says, by Jesus stripes, you're healed. Do you see that? Why do we say that? Because you are God's hands and feet and mouth in the earth. He's not, I'm going to share with you in just a second what he said to me to tell you. And not just the one sitting in this room. I'm talking about the ones watching online and is going to listen to this on the podcast. I'm telling you, God is, you're not waiting on God. In fact, that's the first line. This is what he said. He says, You're not waiting on me, I'm waiting on you. For my works were finished from the foundation of the world. I get my expression on the earth through you. For I've given you the earth, I've given the earth to men and the authority and the dominion to rule and to reign as priests and kings in the earth. 
I've given you the power to trample over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Then everybody say that with me. God has given me power to trample upon all the power of the enemy and nothing, nothing shall by any means hurt me. So if something is hurting you, let me tell you, it's not from God. God's not using that to teach you something. God's not using that to, you know, it, it, to, you, I'm going to tell you and he's going to slap you with a hammer. That's not how God operates. What God does is he uses his word to correct. So if something's going on in your life that, that doesn't line up with God's word, your response should be this. Hold it. God, you have given me power to trample upon all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm me. So sickness and disease, you are an enemy to my body. Poverty and lack, you are an enemy to my body. Marital troubles, you are an enemy to my life. Whatever it is, God has already given you power and authority over that situation to trample over it and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Can I get one amen and then express it? All righty then. You know what that word amen means? So be it. So every time y'all say amen, so be it. So he says this. He goes on and says, nothing shall by any means hurt you, but you must use the authority I've given you to you. You're not waiting on another man to do what I've already told you to do. Did y'all hear that? You're not waiting on another man to do what I've already told you to do. Mm, got that just sink in there real good. He says, what I've already told you to do, and I'm not getting off the throne when I've empowered you to make my enemies my footstool. Remember how it says in Hebrews, how Jesus says, he sits on the throne waiting on his enemies to be made his footstool. Guess who's going to make his enemy his footstool? Anybody want? The church is. So Jesus is sitting back and waiting on you to continue to keep Satan underneath your feet. Remember, I'm, okay, we're going to have a biology class. Jesus is the head of the church. The church is Jesus' body. So if this, I'm the head, this is Jesus, all this is using us, which makes up his body. The head is supposed to do, it sends the signal to the body and the body goes up and does what he tells it to do. It's kind of like me. If I tell my arm, arm lift up in the air, and my arm stays down, then my bot, my my arm is not connect, is not obeying what my head is telling it to do. So I'm gonna go get it checked out. The same thing happens in the body of Christ. You are Jesus is the head, we are the body. We're supposed to do what the body, what the head is telling the body to do. I know, right? Now, let's continue to go. He says, I've told you in time, in the time past, and I'm telling you again, you must renew the minds of the people in order for you to see change. Did y'all hear that part? What do you say, Andrew, say it again? Okay, I will, just for you. He says, you must renew the minds of the people in order for you to see change. Why? If He says, because if you simply change the heads without changing the mindset, you have changed nothing. 
Like, I'll give you a prime example. My mother and I was talking the other day. We usually talk about politics every now and then. <laughs> uh, you know, because my mom's still in the States, and, you know, okay. So we, she was talking, I was telling her about the travel restrictions here for her to come to Canada and everything. And she said, who in the world made that decision? That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. I said, okay. I said, I didn't say it wasn't dumb. I said, I'm, you asked me a question. I'm telling you what the man said. She said, how did he, are y'all working on getting him out of office? I said, um, well, mama, it works a little bit different here. I said, that person doesn't necessarily have to receive one vote. As long as his little homies and their, their writings win their districts, he'll actually, you know, cause he's the head of the party, he'll get back in. She's like, oh. I said, it's not like in the States. I mean, States, you gotta, it's a little bit different, but yeah. So she said, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. I was like, I didn't say it wasn't dumb. You just asked me and I'm telling you. So if you take, for example, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau out of the picture and you promote another person in that party who has that same ideologies, he's, he or she, is gonna do the exact same thing. If you don't believe me, look over to the south of the border. You see that, prime, that uh, President-elect Joe Biden is doing the exact same, if not even more extreme stuff than President Obama did. Why? Same party. Same ideology. You change the head, but the mentality is still the same. Do y'all see that part? Just changing the head alone. I, I tell you something else while we're out here. Do you remember um, Bill C6, the conversion therapy bill? Mm -hmm. Do you know that every conservative MP voted against that bill? except one. Do y'all know who was the one person who voted for it? Uh, the Honorable Mr. O'Toole was the owner for it. Now, he's the head of that organization, but it doesn't mean he thinks exactly like them. That's why God is saying, if you're waiting on a man to change it for you, you're looking at the wrong person because they can't change it. It doesn't matter what party you're in. Do y'all see that? Do y'all realize that when Jesus was on the earth, he didn't ever, you ever read about him going to Caesar? Never heard about that. What did he do? He went to the people. Changed the mindset of the people. Changed the mindset of the people. Guess what God is saying to us? Change the mindset of the people. He says, if you only, tell, if you only uh, change the head and don't change their mindset, you have changed nothing. It's deeper than one person. It's an ideology. That's why I'm telling you it's spiritual and then natural. Spiritual and then natural. He says, you're my mouthpiece in the earth. There's no change without you doing the work of the ministry and being ambassadors in the earth. I gave the authority and power and word of reconciliation 
to men, not to angels. He gave the power and the authority and word of reconciliation he gave to men, not to angels. Somebody was like, I don't believe that. I was like, okay, well, I'll give you an example. He says that you are to pray that the Lord will send laborers into the harvest, which are men and women who have already received salvation. Now, Peter was sent to Cornelius. Everybody remember Peter? Cornelius, mm -hmm. Acts chapter 10. He gave much alms. The Lord heard his prayer and the angel came to him and he told him the Lord had heard his prayer. But who preached the gospel to him? Peter did. God went, sent, went to woke Peter up and told Peter, go and this is where I, this is where you're gonna go. And he told him what I have called, don't call common what I haven't called common. Peter was sent to preach the gospel to Cornelius, even though the angel angel came and gave him an answer to the prayer. Angels don't preach the gospel. Men and women do. When, he, when Peter went and preached the gospel to Cornelius, him and his family and all those words in his household were saved. God told me to tell you, start where you're at. In your homes, in your neighborhood, in your community, then province, then nations. You're not gonna, you're not gonna affect the, you can't affect the whole nation if you can't even affect your next door neighbor. Most people say, man, Lord, send me on a mission trip. God said, okay, I got a mission trip for you. Go down a corner, go around the corner, about three houses down, knock on that door and say, hey, here's a bag of groceries. God just said he want to tell you how he loved you. Guess what you just did? Demonstrated the gospel. Then what's going to happen? They'll be more open to hear what it is you got to say. The reason why they're not open to hear what you got to say right now, because you ain't knocking on nobody's door. I know almost everybody in our little neighborhood for two reasons. One, because I walk Maximus. Maximus is the dog. And two, if you make eye contact with me, I'm going to speak to you. If you walk past me, I'm going to speak to you. If you look at me and try to look away real quick, I'm still going to speak to you because now you're trying to take a sneak peek. No, don't be trying to do you no know, sneak peek. I'm going to be like, hey, how you doing? Freak a right out every time. Particularly, we got this one neighbor. It is my mission. Every time she looked, when we first moved there, she just looked at you crazy. But you know what I did? I spoke to her every time. I'm like, I'm gonna speak to you even if you don't ever speak to her. And then my lovely picked up on her. She got that, she got that anointing. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good, I'm doing great, thank you. That woman just st still sitting there looking like, but guess what? Guess what she started doing, Rita? She starts speaking. I'm like, hey, how you doing? I'm good, how are you? I'm great. You look at me, I'm gonna speak to you. If you walk past me, I'm gonna speak to you. You wanna know why? It breaks down walls. It starts conversations. And you know what's really funny, Andrea, can tell you something? When you start talking to people about stuff that they like to talk about, 
They would talk all day. You got to walk away. Hey, I got to roast or something cooking. Uh, I got to go. You sure? Because I got a lot more to say. Yeah. If you want to engage them, start by talking to them about stuff that's important to them. Somebody asked, how do you know that the trampling over scorpions and all that over all the power of the enemy is still available to me today? Well, if you ever pray Psalms 91, verse 13 says this, you should tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the serpent shall you trample under feet. Where is he at? Under your feet. So in order for you to have a conversation with, with Satan, you got to lift your foot up just a little bit off his neck, tell him what the word of God says and put your foot back on his neck. You got, somebody asked the question, why would you, how was it that I'm able to do that? And how, why, how do you know that God has called me to be an ambassador? Well, oh, I forgot, Juan, thank you. If I was to give this, this message a title, title of this message is, it's an inside job. It's an inside job. Now, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, I'm reading out a new American Standard Bible. It says this. It doesn't bother me. There is, therefore, if any man or anyone is in Christ, how many people are in Christ today? If any man or woman is in Christ, you are a new creature. The oldest, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, when all those things made new, right now. Now, this is what he goes on to say, though. He says, now, all things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given to us what? The ministry of reconciliation. So if you are born again, if you've ever received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm telling you now, you are a minister of reconciliation. You are already in the ministry. So everybody lift up your right hand. Everybody lift the right hand up. Has the, the head of this house, as the head of this ministry, and in accordance to the word of God, I ordain you as ministers of reconciliation. Now, go out and operate in your ministries. Yes, sir. He says, I'm placing my grace and anointing on you right now to do it. All you have to do is receive it. Say, I receive it in Jesus' name. So, Today, now, now when somebody said, if you hear me say, hey, minister of reconciliation, don't be looking around like, who are you talking to? I ain't nobody's minister. According to the word of God, God says you are a minister of reconciliation. And what's your assignment? Namely, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed to us a word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are, each one of you, are an ambassador of Christ. Now, an ambassador represents the country or the nation from which they came from. 
So you're not supposed to be acting like you're a Canadian or an American or Chinese or, or Japanese or Korean or wherever you're from. You're supposed to be operating in the earth as an ambassador of Christ. What does an ambassador do? Represent the country where they came from. Like if you go downtown Ottawa near Parliament, you will see all those flags flying. And what are they all? Ambassadors. What are, and why are those flags flying in Canada? Because they're representing the countries from which they came from. As a person who's born again, you are you're supposed to be representing Christ in the earth. So when I see you, when I see Jerry, I should see Christ. If I see Jerry and Jerry's acting like a hell yeah, I'm like, oh, ooh, what church you go to, bro? I'm gonna make sure I don't ever go that motherfucker. You crazy than I am. But Jesus said in John 14, if you have seen me, you've already seen the Father. God says this, when people see you, they should see Christ. Why? Because God, we are his ambassadors as though God were working and making his appeal. God is making his appeal. God is making his appeal to the earth through you. How many people know God ain't mad at people? How many people know that God ain't sitting there with a lightning bolt ready to hit you? Every time you do something wrong. How many people know that God loves you more than you love yourself? So if God loves us like that, why don't we love other people like that? Why is our love conditional? I'm going to tell you here in just a second. Thank you. Thank you. Calm yourself down. So God is making his, his appeal to the world through us. So he's begging you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. What did Jesus do? He made himself, made him who knew no sin to be sin that we might become the righteousness of God. Now, <clears throat> I'm gonna clear something up. Unbelief is not non-belief. Unbelief is not non-belief. Why do you say that? Because you're believing something all the time. Whether you realize it or not, you're believing something all the time. Now, belief, unbelief, what is unbelief then? If, if unbelief is not non-belief, then what is unbelief? Unbelief in its simplest form is this, not believing what God said in his word, but rather you're you're believing based off your feelings, your reasonings, your thoughts, or what you heard somebody else say, even when it doesn't line up with the word of God. So you're not the babasa. I'm gonna say that again. Unbelief in its practical sense is this: where you will not believe what God said in his word, but rather believing based off of your own feelings, your own reasonings, your own thoughts, and what you heard somebody else say, even when you can clearly see in the Bible that what they're saying is not true. 
So when you talk about people, and God told me, he just said this, he says, I'm not talking about people, only people outside the church. He said, I'm talking about people sitting in the church every single day. He says, there, he, have you ever heard of an unbelieving believer? You ever heard that? Unbelieving believer? I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. Hold my hand, Jesus. Right? But then you say, Jesus wants to heal you. The devil is alive. No, he don't. He wants me to carry this sickness and disease so that I can stay humble. That's not God. You be like, God, I thank you that you saved me, but Lord, you don't want me to have that stuff done. That's only for select people. God, I thank you that you heal, that you saved me, but Lord, all that reaching those people and telling people and making disciples and all that, that's not for me, Lord. That was for them other people down the street who are evangelists, pastors, prophets, teachers, and God said, I just showed you in my word that I'm talking to you. Do I have your attention? Y'all with me? So since y'all been here, y'all have been ordained as ministers of reconciliation. He's shown you that you are an ambassador for Christ that God is making his appeal to the world through you and and he's already given you a power and authority to trample upon all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So if all that is true, you may ask Tim, what the problem is? You got a liar out there. And I'm going to tell, he was talking to me about this this morning. I almost fell out the bed this morning. He said, he's like, I was talking to Jordan about it. He said, do you know that there's a such thing as a lion spirit? That's like a lion spirit. That's why, that's why, that's why I'm telling y'all, y'all got to get in your Bible. Cut the YouTube off. I'm talking about reading your Bible. Because he says this. He says in John chapter 8, verse 44, he says, he's just Jesus talking to the Pharisees and Sadducees. He says, you are of your father, the devil. And you want to do, you want to do the desires of your father. Who? The devil. The devil, or Satan, was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. So if the devil is talking to you, understand he, there's no truth in him. So everything he says is a lie. How do you know it's a lie? It says here, whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature. For he is a liar and the father of lies because he is, Jesus said this, because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. Satan is not only a liar, but he is the father of all lies. Why do you think God hates lying? 
he hates lying. Because when you lying, you acting like the adversary. You ever read the book of Proverbs when it talks about what happens to liar and when people lie and all that? Wow. Why is that important today? Well, I'm going to jump and then we're going to come back. In the last days, there is going to be given to the earth what's known as a spirit of delusion. A spirit of delusion. What is a spirit of delusion? Turn with me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and this is where we're going to stop. Yes, sir, I do understand. Spirit of delusion. So everything that you're seeing that's going on out in, in, the, uh, in the world right now, people, some people say it's a conspiracy theory. Some people say, uh, you know, this person's behind it and that's, that person behind it. Can I tell you that person is just a tool that's being used by the adversary to carry out an assignment. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse seven says this, I'm reading out the Amplified. It says, for the mystery of lawlessness, that hidden principle of rebellion against constituted authority is already at work in the world. So the Antichrist or the spirit of Antichrist is already at work in the world. It's not coming. It's already here. He says, but it is restrained only until he who restrains it is taken away. Now, do y'all want to know what's keeping the adversary and the Antichrist at bay Why he can't do everything he wants to do? What's restraining him? The church. As long as the church is here, the adversary is held at bay. That's how much, that's how much power that's on the inside of you. Because you are in Christ, because he says, I've already given you power to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. The only thing that holds the Antichrist or that spirit of rebellion at bay is church. Now, he's held at bay until that church, until the church is taken out of the way. And then as soon as the church is taken out of the way, then the lawless one, the antichrist, the person, will be revealed. People say, this person is the antichrist, this person is the antichrist, this person is the antichrist. The antichrist won't be revealed until the church is taken out of the way. And then the, the lawless one, the Antichrist, will be revealed and the Lord Jesus Christ will slay him with the breath of his mouth and bring him to end by his appearing, appearing at his coming. The coming of the lawless one, the Antichrist, is through the activity and working of Satan and we will be attended by great power and with all sorts of pretended miracles, signs, and delusive marvels. So he is going to try to simulate 
what Christ is, but he is a pretender. See, this is the thing, peoples. The devil can't come up with anything new. You know, like people talking about like this whole month, they've been talking about pride and all that. Be like, man, this ain't nothing new, partner. I can take you back about 4,000 years and show you ain't nothing new about this. I can show you how all this ends. Do you hate the people? No. Why? Because God don't. But the same way, God, Jesus said this, as it was in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, so shall it be when it comes to the end of this age. If you don't understand what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah or what that means, go back and read Genesis starting chapter 18. And it tells you what happened during Sodom and Gomorrah. So he's going to be trying to put on all kinds of miracles and, and signs and delusive, uh, delusive marvels, all of them lying wonders. Remember, he can't tell the truth. And by unlimited seduction to evil and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing, going to perdition because they did not welcome the truth. Why are people going to be, be falling away? Because they're going to be given into all kinds of deceptive seduction and they will not yield to the truth. That truth is the word of God. But can I tell you a secret though? They can't yield to a truth they never heard of. Romans chapter 13 says, how can... How can they believe on him and whom they have not? How can they receive whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they, how can they preach unless some be sent? So God says, I, I'm ordaining you today so you can be sent forth into the harvest to bring forth the harvest of the souls. This, this, yes, sir, he says this. Yes, sir, I understand. He says this, they refused they would not welcome the truth, but they refuse to love it that they might be saved. Therefore, God sends us, sends upon them a misleading influence, a working of error and a strong delusion to make them believe what is false in order that all be judged and condemned who did not believe in, refuse to adhere to, trust in, I rely on the truth. So the reason why all these things are gonna is because people are going to begin to turn away from the truth. And he says, I'm also talking to people in the house, in the body who are turning away from the truth right now. I know that's what the church uses, that's what that's that's that old religion, but see the new and progressive one now receives this. And new and progressive believes this. And new and progressive, we used to believe that, but we don't believe that anymore because we're being progressive. God says, my word never changes. So when someone is deceived, all deception is self-deception. Means you bought into a lie. And even when somebody was trying to tell you the truth, 
you refuse to receive it. I don't want that. Keep all that. Miss me with all that, partner. I'm woke. You woke, all right. You woke. Woke simply means you're, you don't want to hear anything that has to do with God. So how is it an inside job? Because when the adversary comes at you with it, he comes to, to you with a lie appearing to be true. Like, when we talk to people about marriage, I remember when Juan and I first met, Juan said something to me, and Henry, boy, I tell you what, boy, ooh, she got a 15-minute sermon. When we was, we was, and, and she said, this is what she said to me, Rita. Marriage ain't nothing but a piece of paper. Ooh, she said that to the wrong one, Natasha. Was, oh, you lying to me? Let me tell you what the word of God is. <laughs> and she was just like, I said, oh, really? She said, well, but Christianity is just a man-made book. Jerry, why did she say that to me? Ooh, you know, I was, I was double. I had double burrows with her. What, really? Well, let me tell you about Buddha. And let me tell you, and, pop, pop, pop. and, I, and she said, I was just testing. I said, girl, you, hoo, hoo, don't play games with me. Why? Because the world says marriage is no big deal. Why get married? It's just a piece of paper. Ain't no big deal. We can just be married. This is what I used to say to people, Doug. Why play house and not become a house? I'm going to tell you about a guy. Can I tell you about a guy? Y'all want to know the truth about it? Why buy the cow if I can get the milk for free? I can get all the benefits of the cow, the milk, make it into butter, make it into cream. Guys, because this is before, this is an un, unregenerated minded guy. If he don't know Jesus, he believes that why get married if I can get all the benefits for free with no commitment. Y'all want to know why God had husbands and wives come together? That you may produce a godly seed. That's why. Now, if you had children, outside of that, no condemnation. No condemnation. Cause it happens. Can I tell you this? Y'all want to know who's the, who's the giver of life? God is. So you may not have planted on the person to be here, but God did. Do y'all receive that? Just take that. He said right there. He said mothers and fathers who had children outside of marriage, outside of wedlock or they've had children and the spouse is no longer there or the partner is no longer there. He says, I release you from that condemnation right now. He says, because that condemnation did not come from me. So take your healing right now. Receive your healing right now because God was not behind it. God was not behind it. God was not behind it. I'm gonna tell you this, marriage works when you work your marriage. You stop working your marriage, your marriage starts working. And one person can't work the marriage by themselves. So no condemnation. Say it with me, no condemnation. God's not holding it against you. He's not. He said to tell you that again, 
God is not holding it against you. If you've been divorced, God's not holding it against you. If you had children before you got married, God is not having, holding it against you. If you live in a situation right now and you just found out, man, that's not God's most perfect will for me. God is telling you this. I'm not holding it against you, but I am going to show you a way to get out. Do y'all see that? Somebody, he said, somebody needed to hear. He said, now what you should be feeling right now is God's loving arms wrapping around you just to let you know, I'm not, I didn't hold it against you. I'm not mad at you. So what's going on in the world today? Why does it seem like people are acting crazy and going off and doing dumb stuff? It's, a, it's delusion. It's a spirit of delusion because they have made a decision to turn away from the truth. They don't want to hear it. And who's pumping it into them? The father of lies. His name is Satan. But how do we overcome that, you may ask? Oh, that's good right there. Just receive it. Receive your healing right now. Go ahead, receive it right now. He, yes, sir. Just receive it. Just receive it. Just receive. God's not mad at you. He's not mad at you. In fact, he brought you here this morning, clicked on his channel, heard on his podcast, just to hear that. He's not mad at you. I know people walking in condemnation. God's not mad at you. God doesn't condemn. People say God condemns you. No, he does not. He will love the fool off of you. Trust me, I'm an example. He'll love the fool off of you. God's going to use you as ministers of reconciliation to appeal to the world to restore, reconcile back to him. God's going to use you because he's given you the authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing about enemy is going to harm you, which means if some, if he's got to give you power and authority to trample him, that means that there's going to be things that's going to try to come up against you. But like we already demonstrated with Brother Tim, you under my feet. We had, June and I had family members this week. June's family had two, a grandmother and an aunt over in uh, Australia who made their transition this week. And they've been having, the family's been talking about, you know, making these arrangements for the inn and everything and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not sexy, but it's a conversation you gotta have when, the, when family members are getting older and they say, these are, these are some of the arrangements I'm gonna do so you don't have to deal with it. So what do we had been having to do this week, Doug? We've been having to pray for her family that they, that they don't give in to because this is what began to happen. It happened one night and it happened with, it happened with Juin, it happened with her mother, her father, and her brother all in Toronto. A familiar spirit kept trying to come around them and said of old family members who have already passed away, Come with me. Come with me. 
come with me. You know what that spirit is, is trying to lead you to? Death. All of them had it. So when Julian was laying over and she's, she's making sounds, so she up, I'm up. Mm-hmm. What am I start doing, Doug? The devil is alive. I plead the blood of Jesus over you from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. And I'm waking her up. And hey, what's going on with you? I'm having this dream. You know what I did, Andrea? I told her this is what I said. And, and, I, and what she said, this is what I see. And this is what the Spirit of the Lord said. Tell her, no more of that. All that wipes away. So she's literally in the bed, half out of it. Put her hands going like that, doing everything that I'm saying. This is what the, this is, say this, say that, say this, say, because she was under attack. She caught her family the next day. It happened to all of them. So, you know what we do? We plead the blood of Jesus over them. You know what we do for you all? We plead the blood of Jesus over you. You know what we also do for you? We pray Psalms 91 over you and your household and your family. We ain't putting up with that mess. What are we doing? Being ambassadors of Christ in the earth. So we do what we tell y'all to do. Like this week, January 1st, July the 1st, we're starting this 31 days of prayer and consecration. It's a consecration for preparation. It's a movement of God. There's like 80 some other pastors and churches around the city who are gonna be a part of it. It is a move of God to prepare us for what's about to come at the end of July. Now, our church is on the call. We have prayer on uh, every day on, at 12 midnight, 6 a.m. and 12 noon. I'll send you the information. It's a Zoom call this time. And what we do is we pray and we, and we have a, like we did when we did our 21 day prayer and fasting in January, it's a, it's a target. There's something specifically we're targeting every day. So we're going to be praying, 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 consecrating, praying, prayer, praying, fasting. And we're fasting from 12 midnight to 12 noon. Now, if a person can't fast between from, from 12 uh, midnight to 12 noon, then if for medical reasons, health reasons, you got to take medicine, whatever the case may be, you got to do what, what you get peace in your heart to do. But this is what we going to do. Why? Because we're expecting on the other side of this 31 days, a great explosion in the spirit. And this going to set, I'm believing God, this is where my faith and my heart is in. We're going to about to set Greeley, Osgood, Metcalf off up in here. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be such a great awakening. And we come to Wakefield too. And we and it's but we working on that. And we we already been working on that for a while. We've been praying on that one. And but we're about to set off up in here, up in here. But you know what though? There's no there's no manifestation if there's no preparation. So we preparate. We getting in it. And we've been getting in it. And we're gonna go up in deeper. And we're going deeper. And guess what's gonna happen? For all those who, who are joined on the journey with us, man, your life will never be. He says breakthroughs are going to happen in your life when you allow me to consecrate, when you consecrate for preparation. So I'm just telling you, it ain't going to be the same.
I know ain't not a good word in English, but it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same. In Jesus' name. So, glory to God. We'll send out more of that information through our uh, text message emails so you'll know all the ins and outs and everything. But we've already been in contact with pastors all over the city. It, and is everybody going to do it? No. But how many people does God need? I'm going to be that one. I'm going to be that one. My lovely will come up by default, but I'm going to be that one. Actually, that's not a true story. I never put pressure on her to do anything. I say, this is what I like to do. This is what I'm going to do. And then she either says, yep, I'm going to do it with you or let the Lord be with you. But there's, never, there's no pressure. It's an inside job, but God has anointed you to turn it around. So every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody walking or talking except you've been so assigned. If you have never accepted Jesus before as your personal Lord and Savior, and you like to, I mean, I don't care where you've been at. I don't care where you're at right now. God, why? Because God don't care. If you have never accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, or you've accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, but you realize, man, I really haven't been walking this life. Not the way I'm supposed to. Not, not for real. I mean, I've been kind of hitting and missing it, but not for real. I've been dating God, but not really got married to him. I'm one night standing, but I didn't really get married to him. God's saying this. My hands are extended to you right now. He says, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. You'll be right, right back in right relationship. You said, how do I do that, Pastor? I was like, I'm going to show you how to do it right now. Just repeat this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. He was put in the grave, but he's alive right now. Lord Jesus, save me now. I turn from my sins I'm sorry, Lord. I receive your offer of forgiveness. Fill me with your Holy Spirit from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. I'm healed. I'm saved. I'm delivered. I'm made whole. I'm redeemed right now. Fill with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, if you pray that prayer, we want to welcome you, welcome you, welcome you, welcome you back into the kingdom, back into position. Now get back into your local church where you'll learn how to, how to live the life and also be taught how to live uh, about the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and about what the blood did. I was up this morning saying it, the power of the blood, Jerry. I was saying it, at the, I was saying it, I don't even know if I was on key, but boy, I was saying it, but nothing but the blood. That blood is still working. Glory to God. Now, if you don't have a church home or your church is not is not meeting right now and you just want to continue to watch us on Sunday, hey, Sunday morning at 930, we'll be right here, bright eyed and bushy tail. And also, if you go to our website at ignitetolife.com, you can go back and you can watch this video as well as past sermons as well. Uh, on behalf of Sister Juin and all the Ignite 
Nation Brigade. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we will see you next week. God bless you. Bye-bye.